This is Adam Kahlo, Assistant Professor in Environmental Governance and Politics at Radboud University. You're listening to Sustainable Dispatch, a podcast from the Radboud Center for Sustainability Challenges. Agriculture policy is in the spotlight in the Netherlands. A legal mandate to reduce nitrogen emissions prompted government plans to target the most intensive producers of livestock and other sectors to reduce those emissions. A political backlash followed, suggesting that government overreach would threaten the existence of certain types of intensive farming livelihoods. This backlash had electoral consequences, leading to a new political party that has gained significant seats and threatens the plans to reduce emissions in the first place. Amidst all of this, the government is working towards a agricultural agreement, a long-term planning document that has some binding measures of where the future of the Dutch agricultural sector should go. Amidst this process, an NGO called Both Ends, with an international outlook, drafted a manifesto arguing that national agricultural policy in the Netherlands should focus on its international implications. The letter to the minister has been signed by over 70 academic and environmental and agricultural organizations. The Radboud Center for Sustainability Challenges was one of them. I spoke with Karen van Bokstel, one of the authors of the manifesto and program coordinator at both ends to discuss. My name is Karen van Bokstel. I work with both ends and I'm a project coordinator and a senior policy officer on sustainable land use and traits. And what's your background in education or research? How did you come to this position? I grew up at a farm, so that's also part of my background. Um, it was a chicken farm in Belgium. Uh, and I studied uh, international development studies. I especially focus on African countries and on land rights issues, uh, especially also women's land rights. So you already have this international focus going in when you're thinking about food systems and national agricultural policy. Do you think you could tell me a little bit about what Both Ends does? What's the mandate of the organization? As Both Ends, we work with uh, over 300 partner organizations in uh, Latin America, African countries and Asian countries. We don't have offices in these countries, but work with organizations who are already locally rooted, with who we uh, collaborate on a strategic way uh, and in some instances also financially. And we collaborate uh, with them, for instance, on the topic of uh, food and agriculture, but also on the topic of water, climate, of course, gender issues, very much all these issues linked with financial flows, public financial flows mainly, and international trade. The reason that we're, we're talking today is we're going to be talking about national agricultural policy in the Netherlands, in particular, forthcoming plan called the Landbau Accord. In the current system, though, which is characterized by you know, high-yielding industrial production for export markets, maybe you could paint a picture for me. How does that affect either food security in other parts of the world or environmental quality in other parts of the world? What does it look like when these foods go outside the border? Yeah, I think there are um, three ways on how to see this. One is uh, when food is being produced here in the Netherlands, it is a part of it is being exported. Um, when you look at exports to countries, for instance, to, to Senegal, uh, there has been an article in a newspaper last week about the export of onions, Dutch onions to Senegal. There have been articles on research about dairy exports, milk 
milk powder export to, to Kenya or chicken meat to, to Ghana, for instance, we see that this uh, the export of these products uh, is a threat to the local development of local markets. And core to the idea of resilience, resilience of farmers, resilient markets, is also that countries can develop their own markets, um, their own agricultural markets. In, in many African countries, uh, the, 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 the food system is still dependent on export of foods, import of foods for them. At the same time, this also puts pressure on their own agricultural market development. Because if you look at Eastern, Eastern Africa or the dairy sector, for instance, there is a lot of potential to develop the dairy markets and the dairy sector in these countries. Uh, but when they face the prices of the Dutch products, uh, which are being produced cheaper and uh, are cheaper uh, on the market than the local domestic products. It puts pressure on the local market development through which the local market cannot develop, which is uh, detrimental for the food security in, in that country itself. So if I'm a farmer in um, Senegal, I'm an onion farmer, and now I'm facing onions that are coming from abroad at a much cheaper price, what happens to me? What happens to my business? What, where do I go? If these onions, uh, cheaper onions from the Netherlands are being sold on the market in Senegal, it means that you as a Senegalese farmer uh, cannot sell your onions uh, on your local market. So either they're sold at a lower price or either they're not being sold or either they are perhaps exported at a, at a lower price. You cannot get the right price for it because there is a Dutch product which is which is cheaper than yours. For me, this this story seems to complicate these ideas of farmers in industrialized farming systems feeding the world, in quotes. Because if we stop to ask, you know, who gets fed and on, on a certain context for which that food is mm -hmm. being produced and sold, then it seems to complicate these stories that intensified production equals better food security. Yes, the, the, the main argument here in the Netherlands uh, in the industrial uh, food system is also very much, hey, we need to feed the world. But that is not the case. There are many, many good farmers in, in all different countries who can produce food themselves. And food security is mainly an issue of food distribution and not that much of, of, of food production. If all the food that's being produced in the world right now would be distributed in a, in a good way, in a fair way, then everybody would be able to enjoy a food secure life. But that is not the case. So what you're highlighting here, Karen, is the way that exports from the intensive production system in the Netherlands can have an influence on a foreign country who imports those goods in terms of food security, in terms of environmental degradation. But what about what is the Netherlands import? How does what it chooses to import influence the, the food system and what might need to be changed about that system? Yes, that's, that's a good question. The imports of soy is, for instance, very much high on the agenda now where you see that soy can be imported from Latin American countries uh, without uh, an import tariff. That is part of the trade agreements which are currently uh, in place. So it's actually quite cheap to import uh, soy. And a lot of the soy is either exported again through other countries, through the Netherlands, or uh, very much used for as a way to feed the cows and, and their poultry and, and pigs in the Netherlands. Thinking about how the Dutch agricultural system needs to look like also implies that if we talk about less meat, less, less animals 
for meat production here in the Netherlands, it also means that we will have less soy to be imported. And I think that's a very good, good consequence because soy production at this moment is very much leading to deforestation and land rights violations of farmers in these countries, such as Argentina, Brazil, Bolivia. So it seems like you can't have this kind of miracle of high yielding Dutch innovative agriculture without these trade relations. It kind of really flips the story on its head, which, which leads me to another question, which is a lot of countries, especially, you know, from my perspective, moving to the Netherlands relatively recently, look at the Netherlands as a model for how to produce uh, high quality products on a little bit of land with high technology and high knowledge resources. But those knowledge resources also go abroad and influence agriculture elsewhere, which might not always have a desirable result. Yes, I think that the one one very uh, good example is uh, in the in the Sahelian countries, um, where we work with uh, where Botens works with farmer organizations to on farmer managed natural regeneration. That is a, a method of uh, working with the soil, with the land, in order to make the soil as healthy as possible. Because in the Sahel, there's not a lot of uh, water available. Uh, and with natural regeneration, the soil is getting more and more healthy, which also leads to higher productions of food. That is actually a method which is there for ages already by farmers, uh, passing it on from farmer to farmer. And uh, actually throughout the years, this method has become more and more or less and less practiced, being replaced by more intensive agricultural methods, monocultures, use of pesticides, etc. And we now see that since a couple of years, this movement of farmer-managed natural regeneration is very much on the move and is very much taking over the way of dealing with the land, of working on the land instead of, of the monoculture and intensive agriculture. And this is being supported by many organizations. And uh, you can see that this is an example of local knowledge, which is being revived again, and which is yeah very much also looking for support from the Netherlands. So additional knowledge about market development, for instance, uh, can be beneficial, but that is upon the request of these people, of course, and I think that is the challenge for the Netherlands, how to export knowledge uh, and experience uh, from an innovative agricultural country, but on the request of other countries. That is also very much part of the solution for the upcoming years. In the Netherlands, the agricultural policy is very much in the spotlight for a number of reasons. What is the agricultural accord and what does it set out to accomplish? We don't know yet what the agricultural agreement is at this point. Um, because it's being negotiated. It is actually, as I understand it, very much meant to provide perspective to Dutch farmers, to the Dutch food sector. And especially being a farmer's daughter, I know that uh, it is very much a huge challenge for farmers to think with a long perspective because policy, agricultural policy in the Netherlands hasn't been designed with a long-term perspective. So that long-term perspective is uh, very much needed in that agricultural agreement, as well as um, perspective provided to, to farmers and given to farmers in the light of the uh, nitrogen crisis, where a lot of changes will happen to the Dutch uh, agricultural sector. I think this, this is the main thing that the agricultural agreement is aiming for, what it is really focused on, on the Netherlands and Dutch agriculture. 
uh, while the impacts of the Dutch agricultural system through imports of soy, for instance, through exports, what we just talked about, or through export of, of Dutch uh, agricultural knowledge, it has very much implications on other uh, countries. And there has been a recent study, for instance, uh, the, the SDG spotlights ranking in which the Netherlands it has the lowest ranking uh, when it comes to spinover effects and when it comes to impacts on the global south, on other countries, uh, when it comes to our own economy. So the Dutch agriculture has a huge impact abroad, but this is not one of the, one of the goals in the agricultural agreements. Neither are these people represented in, at the discussion tables of the agricultural agreements. It really seems to come back to that international focus, how agriculture in a globalized world has these impacts. So therefore, agricultural policy should be aware of that. Perhaps in that ambition, Both Ends has created a manifesto on agricultural policy in a letter to the minister signed by many different groups, including the Radboud Center for Sustainability Challenges. Why was this manifesto needed and what do you hope it accomplishes? I saw the urgency for this manifesto after I noticed that the international dimension isn't taken on board. So, so the agricultural agreement in the Netherlands is currently being developed. And that's one thing in the international dimensions. And the other thing is that there is um, an international sustainable agricultural strategy, which is being expected from the Dutch government after the Dutch agricultural agreements. And we saw an urgency to ask the Dutch government to check whether the Dutch agricultural agreement is also taking into account uh, the impacts internationally and to make these impacts as positive as possible. And secondly, to make sure that the international strategy takes the right starting points, such as resilient markets, resilience of farmers, local food security, planetary boundaries. And that also means that we need to look at not only our agricultural policy, but especially to our trade and investment agricultural policy. And why is why, why now we saw that this is not being taken up enough and we wanted to convey a strong message from a very broad coalition. So not only from internationally active development organizations, but definitely also by academics, by uh, private sector, by Dutch farmers organizations, by groups from the Global South themselves to really make a strong message and to make sure that the, the blind spot is being covered in both the Dutch agricultural policy and its international strategy. I guess the immediate kind of counter concern against some of these arguments would be, if I'm imagining, is national policy should be about protecting the nations, the constituents of the nation. Shouldn't, shouldn't national policy be focused on domestic production issues and not feel responsible for farmers elsewhere that are impacted by production that happens within the, the borders of the Netherlands? I think we've passed that stage when we started to trade that much on, uh, on agricultural products. Once we trade, we also have a responsibility. Once we spend money abroad, we also have a responsibility there. I think in, in, in the light of the uh, sustainable development goals, it very much says that we need to make sure that we contribute to all the different uh, SDGs, sustainable development goals, which also means that we cannot only stare at a certain certain aspect of the policy, certain aspect, aspects such as or domestic agricultural production, but also look at the impacts uh, that it has in other countries. And with another 
perspective uh, and argumentation, one could also say that it's also for the best because the Netherlands is part of a global food system. The fact that there is a global food system won't change. If you want ore uh, food production in the Netherlands to, to work well, to be good for soil, health, people, and for a system, for an economic system as well, we need to make sure that it works uh, for farmers here in the Netherlands as well as for farmers in other countries. In the manifesto, or at least a translation of it, it says, the National Agricultural Accord can develop an international sustainable agricultural strategy that prioritizes strengthening local food security and the health of ecosystems in the global south over Dutch agrarian trade interests. How would this actually work? What kind of policy levers or, or at least principles do you set forth to create that kind of balance of food security, gaining power against entrenched trade interests, for example? I think the, the, the three pillars are again here very much important. So resilience of markets, resilience of farmers, local food security and the planetary boundaries. To me, these would be the principles that you check whether the Dutch policies uh, are, are, are contributing to these three. How to do that is also very much linked to the trade policies that the Netherlands is engaged in. And I really, really think that the Netherlands and the European as well, the European Union as well, because there's a lot of our trades being decided upon, trade policy being decided upon, that we need to, we, we have been looking and we, we, with the farm to fork in policy, we already know what food system we're aiming at. What we don't know is to what trade system we need in order to realize that new food system. Actually, where we talk about a new food system and food transition without talking about the change that is needed in, in, the, in the trade system. Nowadays, the trade system is still very much based on old principles. We need new principles for that. And one example is, for instance, that other countries are also able to protect their own markets to develop their markets for onion or milk or or poultry uh, meat or whatever products they need their markets to develop on. That's one thing. Another example is, for instance, the seed sector. There is there the Dutch seed sector is is, is very much present in in the agricultural economy uh, and in international trades. And we need to ask ourselves the question: Hey, is a farmer in Kenya, for instance, is this farmer benefited by Dutch seeds that the farmer has to has to buy? Or is that farmer more helped with a stronger farmer-managed seed system in which they can innovate their seeds themselves and uh, reproduce and, and exchange their seeds within uh, their community? And I think these are yeah, very much looking, these are questions uh, of looking for benefits for both farmers there and and what the Dutch government or Dutch society or uh, the Netherlands as a country can offer to what farmers there need and ask for. I think that main point is really profound. I think uh, as an academic in thinking about sustainable food systems, the amount of debate we have about different techniques of you know, intercropping, you know, organic versus permaculture, local knowledge versus robotics and agriculture, when we rarely talk about the trade system. And that would be a huge shift that might be able to integrate different policies going after the same goal. But I think it's, that shift is a, is a really new way of thinking. I wonder if 
maybe you, could you paint a picture of what agricultural landscapes in the Netherlands would look like if that type of thinking was taken on board, if these policy points are adopted? What would the food system look like here? That is a great question. <laughs> I feel that there would be a whole diversity of progressive farmers uh, having the space to pioneer, to, to be innovative, uh, but being innovative on a different area than the Dutch agricultural sector is now doing. So, for instance, uh, there are many food uh, forests uh, being developed here in the Netherlands, but also in Cameroon, for instance, in Sri Lanka. And connecting these two movements are, are is, for instance, uh, something that the Netherlands can be a frontrunner in. Uh, but besides food forests, also uh, agroecological approaches, nature-inclusive approaches, I think it's very much part of checking what is needed for Dutch soils, environments, for the farmer, not to forget the farmer themselves, but also farmers worldwide. What are the next steps? As you said, this is a policy that's in progress. So the chance to influence it or, or at least engage with it is now. Yes, that is right. The Netherlands Food Partnership has organized an online meeting to discuss the, the, the manifesto. That was one thing. There have been additional uh, signatories to the manifesto uh, after we launched it. And on the 9th of May, it will be handed over to them to the Dutch Parliament. The, the next steps will be, so in, in Parliament, there will be de- debates which are linked to, uh, to this matter. Uh, on the 23rd of, uh, of May, there is an important debate in Parliament about food security and water. And in that debate, policy coherence will also be on the agenda, which is uh, exactly what we're talking about here. How can Dutch policy on, on the agricultural system be coherent with the development goals, may be coherent with food security, with resilience, with environmental goals, with climate goals, etc. So there will be many debates and I hope also strong questions, requests to the minister in parliament. And of course, the agricultural agreement uh, is expected this month. I'm very much looking forward to see what what is in there and and whether the conversations have led to an agreement which provides perspectives for both farmers uh, in the Netherlands as abroad. Karen, thank you so much for talking about the manifesto and we'll be following the developments as well. Thank you. It was lovely speaking with you, Adam. Thank you. That's it for this episode of Sustainability Dispatch. You can follow all of our sustainability news, research recaps, and other episodes at rcsc.substack.com, where you can also get in touch. We'd love to hear your feedback and hear from you about what the real sustainability challenges are and how we should cover them.